And yeah. Like, no, I'm good. I'm out. It's cold. <laughs> Episode 36 of the Anchor Me Farm podcast. This is Brian. I'm Kara. And we have our new couches. We do. And it was a to-do to get them in. I did measure. Let me mind you that. But um, when the delivery guys came, the couches were all packaged up nicely so they wouldn't get dirty and gross and they wouldn't fit with all the packaging so they had to <laughs> take they had, it off <laughs> they had a complete because Kara had measurements for the actual couch yep but two more inches and it would not go so yeah they were like swearing in Spanish if we ever <laughs> build our own house we're gonna have an extra large door for deliveries for all the doors all of them extra large doors <laughs> yeah I would yeah. love what, what do they call them. French doors, no, double doors? Dutch doors, but large, like large Dutch doors. Oh. Those okay. would be cool. So <clears throat> it's been pretty a pretty crazy week. Yeah. Uh, we just had our Halloween event and some people came by and it was nice. Yeah. Uh, you never know what to expect. Um I, the only promotional or advertising, I guess would be the word, is through Facebook, like I paid to boost it, not a lot, because I can't afford a lot, but just something, but, and then kept posting it each day that it's approaching, it's approaching, but, so we had... Some people, I did all this baking and nothing sold on that end, but at least the goats had fun and kids had fun. So it was a good event overall. I'm sorry, Dublin is asleep and I thought we were safe, but now he's waking up and starting to cough. So hopefully he won't overpower the podcast. (laughs) Um, Another reason why the week was so crazy is uh, last Wednesday... Maine had a mass shooting. I think it's its first ever, I believe. It feels like it. I don't know if it's like the first ever, but it the way people reacted, it definitely feels like or, or in a very very long time at yeah, least. At least, and it could be the magnitude of it because I'm gonna check the browser real quick. It was the total was 18 people killed and 13 people injured. So a guy walked into a, a bowling alley in Lewiston, Maine. It's the uh, second largest city in Maine. And uh, he had an assault rifle, of course, and shot the place up. Well, it wasn't just the bowling alley. He went to the bowling alley, and then he went to the restaurant next door. Yeah. So. And then casually got in his car and drove away and left like a minute or two before the cops got there. Because the cops take time to get places. Because they're not used to emergencies. Well, okay. yeah. They're, they're, it's Maine. There's a low population density and there's a lot of space. But I was surprised that the second largest city in Maine would have a response like that. Well, it shouldn't, right? So I would not, expect Not a- to badmouth the police, although I'm sure he'll say words later. Because I almost was a cop, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But, so, you're in a big city. Chances are, 
you have a police station nearby. Or at least some kind on-duty of- cops somewhere nearby. So it should not have taken as long as it did. I would expect in a small town in the middle of Maine for it to be difficult because everything's pretty far apart. And you may have just a few officers to cover a large area. But to but, be fair, when we're talking about, yes, Maine is very spread out, but the cities, Portland itself is not huge. Right. And then Lewiston is even less huge. So there's not a whole lot of territory to contend with. There's three places in Maine where you have any kind of population density, really. There's the Portland area, like Portland and South Portland. And that's the... We've talked about before when we talk about rural development loans for houses... Portland and South Portland are the only places that in the state that don't qualify. The whole state South qualifies. Portland? Parts of South Portland. I was told it was Portland and parts of South Portland. But not all of South and Portland. And Bangor, I think, was the other. You think so? There was one other, I thought. Well, Bangor is the oh. third largest city. If there's any place in Maine that wouldn't qualify besides the this radius around Portland, it would probably be Lewiston because that's the second largest city. And then, but it's density, so I don't know. But but basically, it's Portland area, Lewiston, and Bangor are your cities. And I mean, everything else is smaller. And then you got Augusta, which is the capital, but it's still con- not considered. I mean, it's people sp- in there might consider it a city, but it's not. well, it's sprawled. It's yeah, it's, it's a smaller downtown area, but it's it's more of a spread out kind of thing. It's like one downtown street, which is kind of sadly. It has deteriorated, and there's not much going on there. Not that we go very often, but we drive by. And then you got your Capitol buildings, and then your shopping areas. So it's just kind of like, eh. But it doesn't feel like a big city. No, you not know, at all. Uh, Or even a small city. <laughs> it's just, But it's just a place where the capital is. Lewiston does feel a little more dense, and of course Portland is a tourist town. Um, this is Brian and Kara editing the podcast. Looks like we owe the Lewiston cops a, an apology here. We were talking about the slow response time. It wasn't. The uh, first call to 911 came in at 6.56 p.m., and at 7 p.m. the first officer radios in about his arrival. And between that, so we're guessing 6.58 Four plainclothes officers uh, came in. They were at a nearby shooting range, and they I guess they were outside. They heard the shots, and they didn't have radios to call in, so, but they went in. So the, the police actually did show up fairly quickly. Uh, but, of course, uh, when do you call 911? It's probably after all the stuff happens, and you find a safe place. So in any case, once the police received the call, they were there literally within a few minutes. But then again, judging from the way people have responded, this is a was not expected here. Well, like, it's never expected anywhere, I feel. No one ever expects this thing to happen. Yeah, but it's always... You and I are from other places. We're in Maine and in, in New England, they have a phrase called from away, or yeah. a term, from away. And it means you're from somewhere other than here. And so Kara and I are both, our thoughts about 
mass shooters and those incidents, we kind of ex accept them as part of the world. Sadly, it and, shouldn't be because yeah. there should be, you know, we should that, do something about that it. thing called gun control. <laughs> but you and know, the, the the thing that upsets us is there's a lot of stuff that even people who are avid gun owners, there there's stuff that they agree to. And we can't even get that done. So if you go down to your your buddy down the street that goes hunting all the time, there are certain aspects of gun control that he supports. And there's we could be doing things, and yeah. we could we could have agreement with people, and uh, like a lot. This is kind of a conservative area. There's a lot of people that hunt. There's a lot of people that they have livestock that they want to protect from bobcats and predators and coyotes and stuff. So there's people with guns out here. The yeah, and the problem with Maine, and I'm sure it happens in a lot of other states that are like Maine, where people just carry a gun on them and they're not a police officer or something of that sort. And it's very concerning, I feel. I feel like if you're going to a farmer's market, you don't need your gun. Right. It's, it's one I've thing. I've seen that. <laughs> It's one thing when you see a guy carrying a hunting rifle and he's like putting it in his car or something because, oh, that guy's going hunting. The, the, the vibe you get off of him is is because he's also got uh, other stuff. He's got hunting clothing. Yeah. He's got other. And I'm not against guns, so don't. I'm not right. that person. I'm we're, just saying. We're talking about the guy that just wants a gun on his hip so he can feel like a big man. Yeah. That's, that's the guy we're talking about. And there's a few of those walking around. But the, the point I was thinking of is you can go to your neighbor down here that hunts or protects his livestock, and you can have a discussion about how to be safer with guns in general. And there's a lot of stuff that guy would probably suggest that you can't get through Congress because people in the legislature are have been purchased by the NRA. They, they work for the gun manufacturers basically. They're not concerned with what we want. So it's even if even if you and your neighbor can agree on something, we can't get the politicians to do anything because they're paid by their donors. Which is crazy at this point this year I don't I don't know what the words are, but the fact that we've had so many of these mass shootings around the entire country and probably the world but we don't hear about other places in the world because yeah news is stupid but they don't have as many like australia had a mass shooting a while back and like a few years back and they just stopped with the guns and then they had no mass shootings okay right? I mean, then there's like there's other places that do have guns and they don't have mass shootings there's the the reason we have trouble is our politicians are working for the gun manufacturers and for the NRA, and they're not concerned with us. And so I, I, I really do, because neither of us is anti-gun. I, I am glad my neighbors, what I've heard is the coyotes actually come from the other side across the street. So we have neighbors that have guns that will take out the coyotes. No problem at all. Uh, we have a bobcat that our fence protects us from, and we lock up our animals at night. You know, if somebody took out the bobcat, I don't think I'd be upset, right? But but or, or when people hunt, it, we've took we've taken away the natural predators of a lot of these deer. We've 
encroached upon the land and now those deer without us they're going to overpopulate so people step in to be the natural predator and i would rather be shot by a hunter than torn apart by wolves so i'm totally cool with hunting we're, we're totally cool with a lot of that well i'm not cool with hunting well but yeah Kara doesn't like hunting i say save all animals yeah but we're driving at the fact that we're not completely anti-gun we just want everything to be safer for all of us and in maine it's a different environment here from what i've lived in oh it's a completely different environment than what i yeah she's look she's from new york and i'm from south carolina but i'm not from some rural like farm town in south carolina i'm from the capital city i'm from columbia and i've you know when i got older i moved to charleston uh, and I've lived in other places too, but I wound up spending most of my life in South Carolina, and then it came to New England. But uh, I, I didn't have really a farm culture; it's more well, suburb. Yeah, I actually grew up on a farm, but it was a tree farm, so not the same. Right. Completely different. Hated it, from what I remember, which isn't much. But my parents remind me that. Yeah, it was not fun because I do remember I had to plant trees every year during my summer vacation. <laughs> and then my chores were like get firewood. I actually drove the tractor back then, I believe. I had to help weed the garden. And heaven forbid I say I'm bored because I'd have 10 more chores lined up. Right. So, it's an opportunity. Yeah. You know how normal kids are like off riding at our age range when we were younger. I don't know if they still do this. So they go off, ride bikes, and hang out with friends. Yeah. I live down a half mile driveway and I only had like two friends, let's be honest. Because there's not a lot of people. <laughs> there aren't a lot of people. And this people. was, was that Albany? It was a little town called Altamont, New York. It's uh, like a teeny, teeny, tiny town. And then, so there's Altamont and then there's Gilderland, which is like the bigger town, which is not really that bigger. And then Albany is the capital of New York, which is like 25 minutes from where we were. So. Is it like Maine where like the capital is Augusta, but nobody really thinks about Augusta? Because people think about New York, New York. Well, yeah. So when you think the capital of New York, it's New York City, obviously. it's it, No, that's not right. Albany, New York is the capital of New York. Albany is a small... T I mean, it's not small, but compared to New York City or Boston or somewhere, it is smaller. But it's more of a downtown atmosphere. I haven't... Although we haven't... I took him once. I've been there once, yeah. yeah. We haven't been there in so long, so I do not know the how it's, you know... What it's like today. Progressed. Like, it was pretty run down uh, when I was growing up. You don't go to Albany for much. There's, like, the egg, which was the biggest deal. That's the theater. So they had shows there. They had plays, whatever. And then there was... Um, no, I think that was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Columbia was similar. Columbia had 
you've got all the state headquarters and stuff, and there's certain infrastructure that happens in the city because it's the capital, and paperwork goes back and forth and stuff. But if you were to look at South Carolina and say, what's the coolest town? What's the capital? You'd think Charleston. Yeah. Yeah, but no, it's Columbia. Because Columbia's in the middle, and it's easy to get anywhere in the state from Columbia. And if you're in a horse and buggy, you'd much rather go from, like, Greenville to Columbia than Greenville to Charleston. In any case, we're from places where... And we both lived in larger cities. Yeah, so so here's, here's... My experience, like, obviously the mass shootings are devastating, terrible, and it, it just should not happen ever. It, it can be for pre, I'm sorry, it can be prevented, and it shouldn't happen, and it's just wrong. Where I'm coming from, so I grew up small town, but then I went to college in New York City. I didn't live in the city because my parents were like, no. And plus, it's very expensive. And the college I went to, granted, I went to purchase SUNY purchase for a year, but I kind of erased that from my biography because it was a terrible, terrible thing. So it's erased. And then I went to Hunter, which is 68th and Lexington. So I feel like I, I got my growing upness being in the city. And yeah, because you were like 19. I was 17 when I moved down there. 17. I grad. My birthday is late. It's in November, and my right. mom put me in school early because. She didn't want to deal. So basically, because of our <laughs> birthdays, both of us graduated high school at seventeen. Yeah. So I was in college at seventeen, and then I moved closer to New York City by eighteen. I was so I couldn't get a dorm in the city. So what do you do? I compromised with my parents, and I found a house to live in with several roommates. Were they in college? No. <laughs> they were all like 24, 25 at the time. So they were legal. They could go out to the bars. And and that's where I met my best friend, Matt. And I mean, that's a whole other, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a spectator sport to just go out. I would imagine back in the day when he was in his 20s. Oh my gosh. Just go out with Matt and just sit back. So and many just stories. Don't even be involved. <laughs> just sit somewhere else and watch the room. We did. Keith and I did that for a while. So, <laughs> I mean, there's many stories. So, basically, I grew up, I say I like to, I grew up in New York City because that's where I learned everything, basically. I learned life lessons. <laughs> I learned street smarts, if you call it that. Um... So, to go back to devastation stuff, obviously, uh, when I was in school is when 9-11 occurred. And I feel like that is the biggest catastrophe. That word that has happened in my lifetime besides my hand injury, which is more personal than, you know. Right. But, so to deal with that, Granted, I was not there at the time. I was... At at the time, I was living with the boyfriend at the time. 
and I was planning actually to go down there that day because I needed to go to an art shop for one of my classes because I was a theater major and uh, the professor suggested this art store. I don't remember the name, but it was in the Twin Towers and I was planning on going there because it would have been the easiest way to get all the stuff on my list. And I was living in Westchester, which is a 20 minute train ride from, it was White Plains, 20 minute train ride to the city. So I already had the pass because I go to school every day and that was just gonna be my plan until my sister called and told, uh, told me uh, and I was already like getting ready and stuff and and she told me, I'm like, you're kidding, right? I mean, that already happened. Because it, it's happened yeah, before, but not as drastic, not as terrible. In 1993, there was a bombing at the World Trade Center that did not affect the building. It was just a, an attack. So it, the 9-11 the was actually the second time the towers were hit. Yeah, but, you know, more... I think, I think it was like a bomb in the parking garage, and it didn't do much damage... To the building I itself, I was. We'd have to look it up, but I it, was a little little think, one at that time. I think it was 1993, because yeah. Anyway, but then anyway, so uh, you kind of go into this mental state where you're in denial. Like I, I luckily, I didn't know anyone that I know of who was there, but. The aftermath. So I went to school the very next day. I was on the train. There were National Guard, Army, Marines everywhere. Train station at my school. And at the school, <clears throat> you could see the smoke still. It was insane. It was like you were in a dream almost. Like I don't remember much, but I remember these things. And obviously classes were, we just talked. We didn't have actual class. Everyone just talked and vented and cried, whatever we had to do. And then I think the biggest impact was when I had to go to work at the local bar and the first responders came in covered in soot. Like, they left, left soot all over the floor. And it's just like, yeah. It was, it was a lot. <laughs> it's still a lot. And when people's like, always remember on Facebook or whatever, I'm always going to remember no matter what. It doesn't matter. You don't have to remind me. Shakira <laughs> kind of avoids Facebook. <clears throat> it's hard. Like, I go on once to wish... My friend Sebastian, who we've interviewed, a happy birthday, and then I just avoid it. His birthday? Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Oh, my it's God. It's terrible. I didn't know that. <laughs> so that was it. And it was just like, no, I can't. Because <laughs> it's always going to be a memory in my head. Yeah. Of all of it. In the South Carolina, the it was... The smell, the sight, it's just always there. In South Carolina, it was a little different because uh, we weren't there, and... Everybody was, it was like the general freak out that the country had, 
But of course, you get these people that they try to make it about them and they mm-hmm. had no connection to it. And I've never had much patience with that kind of thing. And so I ended up having to bite my tongue a lot because it, it's like, you have no connection to New York. Shut up. You know, it's, it's, I want to tell them to shut up, but it becomes like almost a competition yeah. where everybody tries to prove that they were closer to it than the other person. And it's like, why, why do you want to win this? Why, why, why is this something you want to achieve? Why do you want this trophy? You know, the, the reason we're bringing all this up is from the stuff that we've both seen and been through and just places we've lived, we kind of are already jaded a bit about the world. And we the world's of, a terrible place. Yeah. And <laughs> we're not condoning or, or endorsing, but we kind of accept that the world has a lot of bad stuff. And there's a lot of... I don't want to say bad people, although there are some bad people, but there are also some people who are mentally unstable. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. And, and that is most of the mass shootings. There's people that get lost. There's And it's, it's probably a mix, I would imagine. It's a big world and we have lots of mass shootings. So... I would imagine it's a combination of people who are just terrible and other people who got lost. Well, the other problem is mental health is what is the dominator. Dominator? Well, every time, so every time there's a mass shooting, we're told that we can't talk about politics right now because it's too soon. Right? Which means that we can never, ever try to solve the problem because it's always too soon, right? So how about next time there's a mass shooting, I talk about the mass shooting from six months ago. Is that okay? Is it too soon to talk well, about the one Well, that's what from- people do because now movies are coming out about like Taliban and <clears throat> right. uh, the other... There's so many, I can't even tell we, you. We could, do a whole, but- we could do a whole podcast just on how disgusting it is that whenever something horrible happens, there's somebody in Hollywood that's already thinking of making a movie. And all the September 11th movies, I have not watched any of them because I won't. Why? Why would I want to? I lived it. One thing I do remember is I was waiting for it to happen. The internet wasn't as much of a thing at that time as it is now. I mean, now it would have been a huge blowback, but there were people trying to make just trying to find out when they can make a 9-11 movie. When can we do it? How long How long before we can do it? Because they wanted to do it on 9-12. <laughs> Guaranteed. They wanted to make movies and stuff on I'm 9-12. Because sure. there's money to be made. Mental health doesn't want to be discussed in this country. We do oh. not have... It's not covered by insurance for most of the things. Therapists... Uh, Psychologists, psychiatrists are not covered by insurance. You need money to actually go there and get help. To be treated in a facility, you need money. People don't have money in this country. And most of the people who are dealing with mental health definitely don't have money because most of the time they are not working because they can't because of their mental health. 
It's a cycle. It's yeah, because if you could get those people help, they could get better. Yeah. And they could put it all back together. I'm not saying go to a therapist is going to help you because I have not been to a therapist because we can't afford it. So I find other things to cope because I am diagnosed with PTSD. I am dealing with it. and. But we should draw a distinction here because when we talk about every time there's a mass shooting, we get a lot of talk about mental health as a way of avoiding policy. They just say mental health, mental health. But then all the politicians that talk about mental health after a mass shooting, if you try to pass legislation to help people and treat people, those politicians will vote against it because they don't actually want to help anybody. They just want to work for the gun manufacturers. So, And, and, and every person that has mental illness is not going to go get a gun. Most people with mental illness just have a hard time functioning and you know, uh, getting through their day and doing their job and, and they need, just need some help. But we could also, if we paid more attention, like this guy had some, some stuff in his past, this guy that shot up Lewiston. Yeah. He was there were some, there were in some the indicators. military. Go figure. Cause most a, of them are. Was national guard or something. He was a, is yeah. a gun instructor <laughs> and there had been, I mean, you can look it up on the internet, but but there had been some signs that he was a little off. and But then other people were like, well, he was very calm and nice. And right. It's, there, it only takes one moment where you have a snap and you're like, and it probably was not planned. It probably. And there are, there are different kinds. Like, there are people that show signs that are concerning where you may want to check them out. And there's other people, I would say most people with mental illness are just, this person's going to have a hard time doing their like regular nine to five. We need to help them out. That's most of the time. But for a lot of these shooters, we find out that there's stuff that was evident before the shooting and nobody did anything about it. And here's the thing. When you have mental illness, you will hide it. It's kind of oh, like yeah. alcoholism or drug addiction. You hide it until you can no longer hide it anymore. So when somebody's displaying like stuff that makes people around them nervous, like they're going to do something, something should be done, and preferably treatment. If they're just one of the terrible people, then they we should... Basically, we should make... We, we should find some way to make this happen less often because this is the only country on the entire planet where this happens all the time. It happens so many times out of one year. Right. It this is not, this is not an unsolvable problem. It's, it's like when we talk about healthcare in the United States, that's such a mess and it's so horrible and, and, and cruel. And you know, if somebody says, well, the system, we, that's the system we've got. Yeah, but every other country has this figured out. Why are we the only country that doesn't? Are you saying that the United States is so stupid or incompetent or weak that we can't figure it out, but everybody yep. else everybody else can figure it out? But as shootings go, we're the only country that has this problem all the time. And I don't know what the solution is, but I know that you're not going to find it by working for the gun manufacturers. That means we need to find better people to run... 
the government and the country. Yeah, you should not vote for somebody based upon their score with the NRA because the NRA is more interested in gun manufacturers. Where I stand on this is I don't really want to mess with the guy that goes hunting or the guy that is protecting his livestock. or I, I don't really want to interfere with that person's day. But the guy that wants to feel like a big man, so he has to have a gun on his hip to the farmer's market or mm. takes an AR-15 to the grocery store because he's exercising his rights, I have I do not care about that guy at all. I, I, I That guy's a problem. Those are the same guys that buy those huge pickup trucks and then tailgate you and try yeah. to intimidate, intimidate you. Yeah, it's like you you would, if, if I was in same a... Same guy. If I was in an industrial situation with a lot of machinery, and I was the boss, I'd be like, no, 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 that, no, 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 get away, get away. That guy is not going to run that machine. <laughs> There's going to be an accident. Get that guy away from that machine. You know, you can't trust him. There's got to be a way to separate those guys from the rest of us. There's got to be a way, because other countries don't have this problem. We are the ones that have this problem. So it's not unsolvable, and I'm not saying I got the solution, but... It is something we can find, and we're not. And, and the problem is our politicians are bought. We have legalized bribery in this country, which so, is so sad. But so, not that we want to get into politics. So. But but politics is exactly. But is what's the cost, bottom line? <laughs> it's politics is what affects all of our lives. When, when people Sadly. say when people say don't politicize this or don't make it political, it's like politics is what creates our laws. And all the policies that we live under that affect how we get through our day. So our safety is dictated by politics. Everything is politics. So when people say don't politicize it, what they really mean is don't talk about this. I don't want you to solve this problem. So there is a way to solve the problem without totally alienating your neighbors. There is an overlap in the Venn diagram. We can find a way to make this better. And incidentally, just a historical note, the Second Amendment was not put in so that every individual person could have a gun in case the government was tyrannical. That's a myth. The Second Amendment was put in because the Founding Fathers did not want the United States to have a standing army because they were worried that the army could be part of a political coup. So the idea was that every state would have its own militia that would be called upon in a time of war. And then the War of 1812 happened and... The, the British actually burned up part of the White House. And they're like, all right, all right, well, we're going to have a standing army now. So then we wound up with the United States military, as we know it today. We, we wound up with a standing army. So when they the Second Amendment says a well-regulated militia, that's what it's talking about. We've chosen to interpret that to mean the Founding Fathers wanted every individual person to have a a tank and a, a grenade launcher and a nuclear weapon. <laughs> Could you imagine? There's the, the, there's a line. Everybody agrees that your neighbor, your dumbass neighbor, shouldn't have a nuclear weapon, right? So there's some line at which this weapon shouldn't be a civilian weapon. This is a weapon of war. This is a weapon for civilians. There's It's just we're arguing about where the line is. And people can debate that and people can figure it out. But, but there are certain weapons that don't belong in civilian hands. And even military people, like with the AR-15, that 
ends up in all these shootings, military people have to qualify for that on a regular basis, and they don't get to carry it around the base. Yeah, I don't know enough to chime in, really, but... If we can go back to stuff, I can chime in on. Sure, sure. <laughs> oh, well, let's he's, go to this. He's very political <clears throat> and reads up on all this stuff, and I read up on goat butts. So that's where we're <laughs> All right, well, let's get to something more personal. Here in Maine, I don't want to speak for Mainers because we're from away, right? Yeah, we're not technically Mainers, even though we yeah. love the state and are here forever. Let me tell you, let me paraphrase a joke that her father told me. <laughs> Paul told me this joke where, and I don't it was a long walk, so I'm not going to go through the whole thing. But the gist of it is this guy moves to Vermont in his 20s, and he becomes a pillar of the community, and he does all this cool stuff, and he's basically the most awesome citizen in the world. And, and he does all this great stuff for Vermont. And he lives out the rest of his life, finally dies of old age, at a ripe old age. And on his headstone, his tombstone, it says, here lies so-and-so. He was almost one of us. <laughs> it kind of illustrates that <laughs> if you're from away, you're not. It's you're, very New England. It's a very, so it's, I think it applies to New York, Massachusetts, Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine. I don't think any other state really says that. I never heard from away until I came up here. Yeah. It's a very upstate so, type of thing. So we're from other places and we have other attitudes, but people who whose families have been here for five generations, I've seen interviews with them, and they are shaken. They, they honestly believed, because... They refer to Maine as a small town, like the entire state is a small town. It's low. Even down. though it's the one of the, is it the largest state in no. the country? No. No, like uh, Texas and Alaska are uh, huge. Well, not population, but square footage wise. No, no, Texas and Alaska oh, right. are huge. Okay. But Maine, Maine basically has a very low population for the amount of space we have. Yeah. So there's very, it's very difficult to find a lot of population density. In Even Maine. after COVID, when everyone thought they'd move up here. And they're yeah. like, no, I'm good. I'm out. It's cold. <laughs> <laughs> Portland is pretty much like down near the border to New Hampshire is pretty much where you, you feel like it's, if you're from down south, this feels normal. There's a normal amount of people here. As you go north to Augusta. <laughs> It gets more sparse and there's like nobody around. Then you go to the general store or wherever everybody has to congregate to get supplies. Then you see a crowd. And if you go north of here, it gets even more sparse. Yeah. So when people say that Maine's a small town, it's there's not that many people and you're more likely to know somebody in your area than, than you would. Like in, in New York City, there could be somebody that lives a block away and you've never met them. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, but yeah. at the same time, it's also small. Because everybody's in your space, and you have yeah. a lot of people in your social network. That's true. And it's a small space and a lot of people. So you could have multiple social networks going on in the same square footage or square mile. New York City is actually quite small. There's just so many people packed in there. It's, right. It's insane. Whereas in Maine, it's, like, it's more like... 
everybody's got a lot of room. Like, you know how we always complain about people in parking lots because they don't know what to do when there's a crowd? It's because most of the time nobody's in your space. And that's the part we really love about Maine. It's just having the elbow room. That's not the only part. Don't worry. Well, yeah, there's other stuff we love too. But <laughs> but one of the things we love culturally about Maine is is people spend a lot of their time without anybody in their space. And when they see each other at you know the general store or whatever, they're kind of happy to see each other. And there's a lot of... There's a lot of friendliness that I see up here, and, and I've fallen in love with the place. But as as far as this mass shooting goes, I, I I think people here really did believe. It would never happen. That, yeah, they believed it would never happen. That's because this is Maine. You yeah. know, you can be walking around, and you see a guy carrying a, a, a rifle, and you just assume that he's going hunting. You, you don't feel like... When we talk about the guy with the, the pistol on his hip, that was unusual. I haven't seen that very often, but we have seen that at a farmer's market. Yeah, and that was weird. And we're but so I upset about it. When we lived in Bath, there were some, I don't know if they were kids. They were probably in their 20s. They look like kids because we're old. But they're walking down with rifles, and there are woods in Bath. You, you got to travel a little far. But they're walking down the street with their rifles oh, on yeah. their backs. And it's like, okay. That was that was a time when Republicans were really pushing the uh, Second Amendment stuff. And it was fashionable at the time to take your AR-15 to the grocery store. That's why I keep bringing that up. And that fad kind of passed a little bit. So but, uh, AR, what is it? AR... 15. AR-15. AR-15. Is that the same as a rifle? Yeah, it's an assault rifle. I mean, some people... But then there's, like, the hunting rifle, which is different, right? Yeah. Um, the AR-15 is... Like, some people argue it doesn't stand for assault rifle. Technically, it's not... As soon as somebody starts saying technically this and technically that and starts speaking in legalese, just ignore them. But there's different permits for different guns. Yeah. Like, a rifle, I feel like you can buy pretty easily... A hunting rifle is designed for just that, right? An AR-15 is designed for war. But no one can just buy that. Oh, yeah, they can. That's the problem. Most mass shootings shootings are done with an AR-15. That's insane, people. So these are military weapons, and they're weapons of war. You can just buy that? Yeah, and the guy in the Las Vegas shooting had what's called a bump stock. And the bump stock is all flexible, so that when the it's set up so that when you pull the trigger and the slide comes back, uh, the stock recoils it back and basically creates an automatic weapon out of a semi-automatic weapon. Oh because a lot of gun nuts are, are they're obsessed with turning a semi-automatic into an automatic because I want all the weapons. And so the bump stock basically allows you to put out a lot more bullets per minute, which is how the Las Vegas shooter was able to kill so many people. The dumbest guy in the room will say, well, you kill somebody with a knife. Mm. Well, not that many because... Someone will take you down. It's going to be a lot harder and you're going to have to get right up in their face. And, you know, it doesn't matter if somebody's stronger than you or a better fighter than you if you're 50 feet away with a rifle that's meant for war. You get into arguments with people over whether you should regulate these because and I, look, I've heard all that stuff. I'm from South Carolina for crying out loud. I've heard it. I have heard it. But there has to be 
there has to be some way to prevent weapons of war from going in the hands of civilians while still allowing people to, because there's people that don't buy their meat at the grocery store. They hunt for their, for their winter food. And, and that's, that's a huge expense. They don't have to pay because they're doing that. And, but they don't need a military-grade weapon to do so. No, in fact, it's probably yeah. If you need a if you need a semi-automatic or an automatic weapon to hunt, it's because you're, you're not doing it right. It's because you're not very good at it. It's, <laughs> it's like, no. If you have to lay suppressive fire on the deer, Jeez. you're 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 not very good. In any case, it's re- it really it made me feel bad to see the interviews because people really didn't think it could happen to them. Yeah. And they, I mean, I didn't think it would ever happen in Maine to be honest. And we've, I mean, this is our second, second time here. And we've been here three years now. And, and previous was like five. Yeah. So total eight years, eight and a half. Maybe. I didn't expect it either. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It's never expected anywhere, but but in Maine, they they really they really didn't think it was possible in the state of Maine to the point where they're not even scared of the whole thing, and it, it something's different now because oh, yeah. those people had a sense of safety that is now gone, and they no longer feel safe. And look, we don't have kids for yeah. people that send their kids to school. And I think there was a kids event at the bowling alley when the thing oh happened. Gosh. So parents were, I mean, you can imagine how the parents felt. I couldn't even, I would never let my kid out of my sight. To so be there are people that are afraid to send their kids but to school. But I wouldn't even do that anyway, because in, I don't know if they do that here. Like most schools have mass shooting drills. Yeah. Like weekly. Yeah. Which is scary. That should not be a thing. Because it should not be a thing. Because we would rather, as a society, have our children prepare to get shot and put bulletproof panels in their backpacks than actually solve the problem so that they don't get shot in the first place. And you're you're allowed to put bunches of cops in the school, but if you remember Uvalde, Texas, where they had like four or five hundred cops or something. And they wouldn't go in because the cops were afraid they might get shot. So they just stood outside and let the kids get shot. My gosh. And there was there was one lady that tried to – the cops were not going in, to, in Uvalde. The, the cops were not going in. So this lady was like, well, I'm going to go get my son. And they actually arrested her and handcuffed her. <laughs> and somebody convinced uh, – like another – I think it was another – because there were multiple – cops there there was like sheriffs and city guys and all this and i, I can't remember if it was one of the county guys or whatever one of the other kinds of cops convinced them to take the handcuffs off of her and she basically ran around to another area jumped the fence went and got her kid and got him out and and got her kid out and then when she started talking to the press the police started threatening her because she's making them look bad because this, this unarmed woman ran into the school and got her kid and got him out. And all the cops are like, oh, I don't know if I want to go in there. Mm-hmm. So, so Uvalde basically destroyed the whole good guy with a gun narrative. It's, it's, it's crap. And, and, and what, what if I'm a good guy with a gun and I'm going to run into a school and save the day when the cops arrive, how do they, how do they know that I'm the good guy? 
And when they look at me, how do they know? Do I am I wearing a sign? Do I have a special shirt that I wear that says "Good Guy"? Maybe you should. Maybe I should. I mean, that, uh, but I there's know. no way for the cops to know. And the cop will just shoot you, to be honest. Yeah. Let's be so, honest here. So we need to create a situation where it it, it keeps escalating, and we, look when you put cops in a school, you end up with seven year olds that get handcuffed. It it's it goes bad. You know, in, in, or you have like metal detectors. I know New York City puts them in, and it's just it frustrates kids me. Should not have to deal with this, right? It's traumatic enough being a preteen teenager, and now on top of everything, they got to deal with this. They had to deal with COVID. Our kids, we don't have kids, but. The kids out there that are this age are going to be so screwed up. Yeah, you're, you're looking <laughs> at kind of like the old days of the Cold War where kids were told to duck and cover under their desks because that would magically protect you from a nuclear bomb. Not kidding. <laughs> Not kidding. There's a whole song. Duck and cover. We're going to have that kind of, but we didn't talk about that kind of trauma That's at the time. So there, we didn't scary. have the language for it. It frustrates me that there's so many abuses by police in so many places and so many cops that really should be in federal prison. But if they even get fired at all, which they typically don't, they just go get a job at another precinct or another police station and it's fine. And they don't, they don't get rid of these guys. And meanwhile, meanwhile, there's police in small towns that are trying their best and they have this huge area to cover, and they barely have any funding. <laughs> yeah. they just, so they're supposed to. How how is one guy supposed to respond to this huge square mileage? All he can do is like drive over there and take a statement after everything's over. That's the problem. And that's the best. No matter what he wants to do, that's the best he can do because he's got not enough guys for too much space. The police in Lewiston do not walk around suspecting that they have to deal with that kind of shooting today. But honestly, if you're trained right, you should expect all things at all times. Like, I obviously, I'm a pessimist. We all know I prepare for the worst. I almost became a cop. Um, to make long story short, so I went into training... I was going to join the Vermont Police Academy. I did courses. I did their test. I got accepted. I got hired for the University of Vermont Police Force. But I had to be there for a 10-year commitment. 10 years! How because do you commit to 10 years? <laughs> That's a long time. Because states like Vermont are really worried about young people leaving because there's not a lot going on. Maine is the same way. Young people will leave the state looking for careers and jobs. So there's this there's all these efforts to try to keep young people here and some of them are clumsy. 10 years though. I mean, that's like we'll get into the all the details later on because there was a lot of details I had to go through but a whole episode we really <laughs> should because that's a lot because not only did I do the Vermont stuff I also 
applied for New York City, which is a completely different ball game. And yeah, I wanted to be a cop, which is crazy because I'm like I'm shrinking now. Apparently, I'm five one according to the doctor. But she's barely over hundred pounds. She's <laughs> barely over a hundred pounds soaking wet. If you've ever watched the old Police Academy yes, movies, if you know I, hooks. Yeah, that I is compare, everyone. Everyone called me hooks. <laughs> yeah, because her voice is small. But and, I, if I get angry, I will get angry. So what would have happened is she would have told some dude to do something, and he would have. <laughs> You'd be like, "Who are you?" He would have disregarded her, and she would have armbarred him and slammed him on the pavement. Or I would so, have tased him because why not? Because tasers are awesome. But we're joking. <laughs> yes, we're joking. We're joking. We're do not, we're, do not just, tease people. Just so you know, we're <laughs> we're imagining a horrible, horrible sexist guy dis, you know, disrespecting because her. Because that they all exist. Yeah, yeah. They're everywhere. But but the so, problem is, but like, yeah. the, the you know the really crappy thing <laughs> is, if Carol was a police officer, she's such a stickler for the rules that she would be. Like putting up with so much crap from oh people all day. It would be terrible. Because like, nope, nope. There's no law against saying that to a police officer. Insulting a police officer is not a crime. Some, no, a lot of police officers have very, very fragile egos, and if you offend them, they they act like the world's ending and they got to arrest you now. But technically, there's no, there's nothing against, there's no law against that, right? I wouldn't advise it, <laughs> but there's it, no law against insulting a police officer. But Kara would be the person to just put up with all that crap all day and do everything completely by the book and yell at people who don't go by the book. Oh, yeah. And then she'd have... Be, I'd be an outcast in my precinct. Yeah, your blood probably. pressure would be through the roof all the time. Oh, yeah. I'd be drinking all the time. But Your record would be perfect, though. Oh, yeah. I'd be a stellar yeah. officer and probably get, like, medals and whatever. But... Another life, I guess. Makes me want to watch Zootopia again. Zootopia. Because the police. Zoolander. No, Zootopia. The, the, it was a animal. I never saw no, it was an animal movie. And oh wait, yeah, the cartoon. Was, yeah, she was a rabbit, and oh, she yeah. had to like police elephants and rhinos and stuff. Right, right, right. So yeah. It's been a while. Okay, yeah. Fun movie. Yeah. There's a sloth in it. In, 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 <laughs> oh, the DMV? Yes. Is that the one? Yeah. There's a yep, sloth yep. in that movie, and he works the DMV. Of course. Very, of course he does. You know. <laughs> You've been there. <laughs> and his name is Flash. <laughs> yeah. It's a very telling movie. So we, we keep trying to find ways to... To make it a little lighter. To make it a little lighter. Yeah. And, and we've spent the whole time talking about it. It's hard. So, I mean, there's a lot to talk about there. It's, yeah. It's messed up. It shouldn't, this should not be a thing that keeps happening and it really needs to uh, be stopped. <laughs> yeah. The, the, but the, the thing that, the takeaway for me is that Kara and I are so jaded about mm -hmm. the world. And I've, I've noticed from interviews that a lot of Mainers. They re they really felt safe. They did not feel any fear about this, and now they do. Now they're worried. The safety that they had is destroyed, and now they're. I I, I just I don't want them to be like us. I want them to keep that, but now it's gone, and I can only imagine what it's like for a. a 
a parent of small children who has felt safe up to mm-hmm. now, and now suddenly that's gone. I couldn't. You know? So because a lot of people, a lot of other states, this whole thing of I, I'm afraid to send my kids to school, they had this 10, 15 years ago, yeah. and Maine is just now doing it. So, but I, but I, I, I kind of wish they, I, I wish they never had to do it. I, so going back, so we still held our Halloween party where most people canceled theirs um because we our farm is built on trying to help people to cope with PTSD trauma uh depression whatever so that is our mission and obviously we would not cancel our event at this time and close our doors to people like I kept posting if you need to come and hang out with goats and pet them to cope with what's going on feel free to come by because it's crazy and Kinzale alone I think (laughs) one of our goats he's one of the big boys he's all white and he's fluffy fluffy (laughs) and he's got long fur and he looks he's, like the snowman. Yeah, you can pick him out <laughs> of a crowd easy. He's completely white. And he's got a, a, a chill vibe. Like when we get another baby goat, they hang around Kinsale because he's the, the safe guy, his vibe. And every time we do an event, people gravitate to him. Yeah, everyone remembers him. They're like, where's that white goat with the beard? There was one lady... <laughs> That was like, before they left, she was telling her boyfriend, take a picture of me with Kenny. <laughs> and they just, they just universally love him. And, and there's Lucan who's really, he's our tiniest goat and people threaten to take him home. And I always worry that they really will. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I got to count everyone. <laughs> we, we didn't talk as much with every person about that. We didn't talk about it, but I'm sure there were people, I'm sure everybody was thinking about it. And they got to sit and they were painting pumpkins. Yeah. And of course the goats get up on the tables and pick the tables and stuff. <laughs> and get paint everywhere and spill In fact, everything. This morning I was letting Kinzel out. I was like, Oh my god, Kinzel, his leg was red. I was like, What's going on with Kinzel? And Kara's like, It's paint. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> he got yeah. red paint on his leg and I thought it was a wound. But yesterday when everybody was here. It, there was just so much uh, snuggling and petting with the goats. Yeah. I mean, there was, it was good. there was a lot of kids, which we're happy to open our doors for the kids. We're not that normal farm, though, that, I don't know, it's hard to explain. Like, I hope more people will realize that we're here to help all people of all ages it we're not a petting zoo we're not as much as i love having the kids here we are more about helping people yeah it's it's adorable when a small child discovers one of the goats and gets to <laughs> scratch some ears it's it's adorable but we have a target audience that we're looking for yeah and, and we want them to discover us the whole reason we started the farms cuz i I'm dealing with stuff and I can't deal with it. 
with a therapist or anything. So I the go goats to, help. I go to animals, and the goats are the most therapeutic animals that I've found so far. We're still still working on pigs. Hopefully, maybe in the no, future. No, yep. we're not. We're not. We're not doing pigs. But the the goats, so the goats are yeah and. Today happens to be the anniversary. So October has been a terrible, terrible yeah. month. So, I wasn't going to bring that up. But yeah. I mean, yeah. it might as well because it's on Facebook. But I forgot what I was going to say. But, yeah, it's October is – I hope it's over soon. <laughs> the, the goats actually – The goats are it, very therapeutic. It is, it is impressive – how much you can relax and feel better when you're sitting around with a bunch of goats. It's you think crazy. you can relax with dogs or cats? Like, I'm a dog person. I'm not a cat person. But dogs kind of trigger me sometimes, especially our dogs for whatever reason. And that we have two puppies, so it's always chaos. A little bit of chaos, yeah. But um, I just go outside with the goats Although it was kind of awkward because Brooklyn is in heat. And if you're a goat person, you know what that means. Yeah. We don't have bucks, but we have weathers. We're all boys with less testosterone, but they still Basically, know. <laughs> even, even though they're fixed, there's enough residual testosterone in the system <laughs> that the males do respond when one of our two females is in heat. So there's a lot but, of screaming and yeah. buying. And but it's not weirdness. like, it's not unmanageable. <laughs> it's, it, it's basically just, they all act weird for a few days and then it's over. But of course it had to be this weekend. We should, but. we could do a whole episode oh, yeah. just on like <laughs> breeding goats and what that means. Because if it was a buck, they'd oh knock gosh. every wall down. It, it, it'd be crazy. So when we talk about the boys are reacting, just dial it down. They're just acting a little weird for a few days. Yeah, they'll stick their tongues out. They'll make some noises. Try to hump, but they're not going to do much. So. Right, right. Yeah. And if, if there was a buck, it'd be like... Forget uns- about it. It'd be unsafe. Yeah, for everyone. For, yeah, for everyone. <laughs> that stuff needs to be tight. If you got bucks, you got to really control that stuff. You need like a different pasture and house for them. Yeah, Seven. but that's another podcast. Yeah. And anyway. we're already up above an hour as we All record... Right. So, so basically, bottom line, nowhere safe. Protect all your loved ones. Kiss them all extra and hug them because you never know. If you're if you're thinking that it could never happen here, it will. It's eventually going to happen near you. We we're doing nothing about it. We should have known the minute a bunch of kids got shot up and nothing happened that Ooh. nothing was ever going to happen. We're going to have to vote some people out and vote some other people in or at least pressure them to do something. Because right now the donations from the gun manufacturers matter more than our opinions. It's not about Democrat or Republican. Just go to your neighbor. Go to your neighbor that has, a, has guns and hunts and talk to, talk to them and see what they think could be done to make it safer. Putting more cops in a school is not the answer. No. There are ways to do it that everybody can agree on. We can make this better. We just have to have the political will to do it. Yeah, it's just... We're going to have to pressure those politicians. They're going to have to be afraid that they're going to get voted out of office because that's all they care about. They need to be booted out, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Personally, I would... Look, if you you don't know anything about who's on the ballot, 
always vote for whoever's not in office. Always vote the bum out. That's the safest. If you're when in doubt, vote the bum out. <laughs> that should be a shirt. <laughs> yeah. Unless you know who that candidate is and you know that they're cool, when in doubt, vote the bum out. All right. So we hope you're safe. Yeah. We hope you're doing be okay. good. Love everyone. Okay. Bye. Have a good whatever you're doing. Bye.